0: Thanks for listening to the Provoke and Inspire podcast. If our message has encouraged you, would you help us spread the word? There are three simple ways you can help. One, subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud, and you'll always be the first to know when we've released a fresh episode. Two, rate the Provoke and Inspire podcast on iTunes. And three, share the episodes that speak the most
1: to you on Facebook, Twitter, or wherever your voice is heard. We're honored to have you as part of our global community. You are called to make the world brighter, to run on the front lines, to cast vision where it had not yet landed. You are not gifted to be a random burst of energy, but a consistent force that enables the world to hear beauty, see potential, and write stories in a way that points the world to Jesus. Provoke and inspire. Welcome to the Provoke and Inspire. We are on location at our international center in Kruges, Germany. And what that means is that instead of staring at my fake wood paneling in my basement, I'm staring at Luke and David who Good are right talk. across Good from me talk. right now.
0: Yeah, Luke still is wearing that, uh, his little suit. you yes. think I what? thought you know, he wouldn't be wearing that. But You're looking
1: is. under the table uh, very nervously. <laughs> well,
0: I don't know what's going to come, what's happening. <laughs>
1: yeah. So anyway, we are here in person, which is very nice because we can look at each other. However, it does minimize the ability to multitask. So if Chad was here, it'd be a lot harder for him to like, I don't know, talk to his dog or right. eat food while Cut on this the broadcast.: but L- 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 he, will, he, he will be here. Yes, though, Chad yeah. is on his way, so we're not just talking about him. Uh, well, we are, technically. But he yeah. will be here, and he will make up. Uh, and we won't talk
2: about him anymore when yeah, he gets yeah.
1: here. Well, we might. I would imagine we still <laughs> will. Uh, but here we are on location. This is an awesome privilege to be able to do it this way. Uh, and what we are going to cover now is we have this new uh, initiative uh, to be able to interact and dialogue with current events. And I think that is a, an exciting thing that we've been able to do. Um, But there still is a need to be able to talk about more specific topics, often in a series context. Uh, And that is what we are going to be doing on this particular podcast. Uh, And we're going to be talking about a a blog that I wrote. I've only done one of many parts. By the time this comes out, I'm not sure when that'll be. I'll probably be finished. That would be the hope. But before I launch into that... David's Random Story.
0: Well, anyway, (laughs) I was talking with my, my drummer... Uh, who was actually? I mean, he's not my drummer now, but he was my drummer.
1: And uh, <laughs> real, real quick, I feel like it's almost worth at some point charting out the amount of band members that have been in no longer music because it's an mm-hmm.
2: incredible list. I'm a, and I'm a little nervous. He's talking about me. In this no, one. I'm not. Because no, I,
0: <laughs> I'm actually talking about Ken Green, who's now he's a DJ now in in wow. Australia, Sydney, right? Which uh, I was, I, I, think I, a a DJ, I think. I think. Uh, yeah, he's in Sydney now. I think. Okay. Right. But anyway, I was
2: a DJ in Sydney now. Yeah, no, well, no you,
0: you might, you might be, you know, you never know. But so anyway, he was, uh, he was telling me about how. Well, this was when he was in New Zealand, lived in Auckland, and uh, he said he knew this guy. He was out in his boat, and he saw this little dog swimming in the water. Go on. And so he thought, oh man, not him. This guy that he knew. The this dog little... wasn't thinking this. No. So <laughs> the, the little dog's like swimming in the water, you know, and. And he's going, uh, and the guy's going, "Oh man, this poor little dog! I need to, I need to help it, you know." So, so they, so he scooped, scooped the little dog out of the out of the ocean, and look like how you're
1: already laughing.
0: So he scooped the little dog out of the ocean and put him in his little boat, and then, uh, and then they.
1: Rowed their boat to shore. Wait, 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 wait! First of all, you, <laughs> they rowed. This
0: no, was in a rowboat. No, I don't think it was a rowboat,
1: but I
2: didn't what know what was it, talking.: dog doing well, in the ocean. Well, he story, was in the ocean. the he was in
0: the ocean. Maybe he was in a sailboat. Maybe he was in a motorboat. I don't know the kind of propellant <laughs> that the boat used. So anyway, so he got propellant. he got to the shore, and uh, they had to go somewhere because they had a they had a meeting or something so they they dried off the little dog and they put him in their apartment because they had a meeting to go to, and then they went to their meeting and 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 whatever, and then they went back uh to the, the apartment where the little where they had put the little dog, and they discovered that the little dog had eaten uh their cat <laughs> <laughs> the dog ate the cat a- <laughs> ate the cat i mean ate it oh, gosh. and so they're like. Man, you know, that's kind of like they, they liked. So there cat. were little bits of the cat left. Yeah, over no, he he did, He ate the he whole thing. He didn't kill the cat. He ate the cat.
1: Wow, there wait, how, there was nothing left of the dog. No, he ate he, no, the he, cat. He, the cat. Oh, of the cat. right. Yeah, so he had like the dog. Didn't so eat their itself.
0: little dog they rescued from you know and scooped into their boat. So then they're like, wow. man. So then they they took uh, the the little dog to the veterinarian, and the vet said. This isn't a little dog. This is an Indonesian water rat.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Indonesian water rat. <laughs> yeah, and that's it. That's the story. That's terrifying. I know that is terrifying. Wow, they were
1: not marine biologists. No. <laughs> it is random story. Oh, man. Wow. That is that's, that's something true, new. That's a true story. That's, a, that's what Ken told me. Yep.
2: I've, that is amazing. Isn't that I've great? I've never heard that Isn't story. That, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: I'm I'm stunned. I'm stunned on a biological level. I'm stunned on just sort of a, a personal uh, level. On a personal level, and I'm, I'm yeah. emotionally torn. I'm curious beyond <laughs> all belief. I know. Can you imagine how an I Indonesian would, water be, rat? They'll get you. The, They'll get a, you.
2: They will. You watch out. Don't go <laughs> rowing anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> on your own. Next time You'd you're on some know. sort of vessel well, I, with a kind I, I, of propellant. To, yeah, you would think you would have noticed. What's uh, most amazing is that this rat swam all the way from Indonesia. Well, he probably <laughs> was in a you know in a <laughs>
0: ship in a you know, container. And I would say
1: it was worth it. Like that. But yeah.
2: that little rat was like, this oh, is like, whales. What is this animal? I don't know
0: what they did to him after Tails. that. If they kept him or, or or I'm not sure if they did. I wonder if sure. it was
2: his first cat.
1: Oh, I is, wonder if yeah, he'd had a cat. Kind of that horrifying. cat never expected its end to <laughs> yeah. be that. It's like I thought. You know what? Of all the things that'll this? happen to me, it's no. not going to be an Indonesian
2: water rat. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> is it, it's a, They had to take it to a vet to figure out what <laughs> well, kind I, of animal it was. And also,
1: from a cartoon perspective, yeah. a rat eating a cat just
2: feels so backwards in the whole chain. Yeah. It's just it contradicts Tom and Jerry that's for It does. For sure. It does. I'm I'm yeah. confused. Yeah. So Anyway, moving wait, on. wait. Just there's just one last comment we have yeah, to yeah, make. Yeah, fair enough. Isn't it true that you in when you were like younger or in university uh-huh. you thought you were supposed to be a vet? Well, we can talk about that in another
0: another episode. <laughs> maybe uh, not
1: maybe not today. Yeah. It yeah. might be better for some yeah, other for I think us so. some other time. Um, uh so anyway, uh I'm still sort of blown away and I don't know how to transition, but we are going to transition uh, and we're going to talk about a series uh, that I think is relevant, both to the people listening, but it's it's particularly relevant to the work that we all do. So we are part of a larger missions organization called Steiger. This, of course, is Come and Live and this is the Provoke and Inspire podcast, which is about inspiring Christian artists to go outside of the church, to use their gifts, uh, to reach the world for Jesus. Um, and and what I've discovered, I think what anyone discovers that that does a mission like this, is it's very seems like a very narrow road to to do something like this. Um, it feels that the missions world in general is a, is a narrow road, and and maybe even more generally, just living radically for Jesus is something that seems to be very hard for people to like. They get in, they often seem to get inspired by the idea, right, right, but then to actually follow through with it seems tough. And mm-hmm. and as I was kind of thinking about that. And then sort of applying it specifically to the times that we live in. Um, Because I think every uh, generation, every um, particular culture that we find ourselves in, it has unique struggles. You know, Paul talks about do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. And the patterns, there's certainly, I would say, universal patterns and themes, but there'll be specific things to a specific culture. And because of the type of mission we are, because artists are typically of a younger age... Um, and, and they're kind of in that you know early university, a little bit post university age. Um, they face, I think, today, unique challenges to committing to missions, unique barriers. You know this "quote unquote" millennial generation, and it's it's very right. in vogue to mm-hmm. sort of bash the millennial generation. Is it? And I didn't realize it. It is. It is, right. and it's uh, it's clickbait. Typically, you know, all these articles and things that come out all the time talking right. about. You know, millennials suck at this and suck at that. And really? that's kind of very invoked. But I think it's still worth looking at what are some of the unique lies and pressures and barriers mm-hmm. that face young people that are trying to follow this narrow road and ultimately find themselves um not making it. And right. and so I'll just kind of establish the, the the general idea that we're talking about and then get you guys to react yeah, yeah. and what your thoughts are. It's it's a pretty good topic to talk
2: about here, right. I think, because we're, like you were saying, it's great. We're here in person and we're at our training center in yep. Germany. Yep. Uh, we have a, a school, a mission school called Steiger Mission School. And uh, yeah, so it's great to talk about that right here. It happen, happens every year.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's even worth elaborating on. And we can talk about that more in detail about right. if you do feel called to what we're doing, this is a, yeah, absolutely this, this mission school that we 're talking about is a great way to be involved, but we 'll talk about that at the end great. um so the kind of you know I gave these these different unique barriers, different titles, and the first one i, I called i 'm not for sale mm-hmm. uh, and basically it 's around this idea that many millennials or young people that are trying to enter into this intense or narrow road lifestyle are ineffective because they're they're only seem to only be willing to commit to short bursts of time, little chunks uh, and it 's this idea that it 's like they they almost seem like they're for rent. You know, you can rent me for a little while, but they're never really in fully. Uh, do you agree with this statement? Do you see this as a problem to to young people entering into a radical following Jesus lifestyle?
0: Well, I think part of the problem is the way that Jesus has been presented uh, today in a lot of churches, and I know that's a generalization, but I think in a lot of churches, he's been presented as someone who's there to fulfill your dreams and, and uh, to kind of enhance your life and so there's no idea of commitment presented a lot of times when people are presented with Jesus it's more about how can i uh fulfill myself and uh will will this particular mission trip or activity uh be part of the part of bringing me into to a greater self fulfillment and instead of what is it god has called me to do where am I supposed to give my life? What is the thing that I'm supposed to die? You know, how am I supposed to... Why have I been put on this planet? And what is it I'm supposed to give my yeah. life for? And I think that's that's the problem.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think there's also a fear element to it. It seems like people have a hard time trusting. And it seems like... Like I often, I often say, you know, uh, the culture we're in right now tells us to believe everything... Um, accept everything right and trust no one theres there 's a lack of trust there 's a thing of like especially with institutions or organizations, but even with people it's like, it 's like people you know they have a hard time trusting, so I often have a sense that when um, people come and start thinking about missions and they want to get involved in a project and they want to serve you there 's this element of um, where we our culture encourages us to be self-centered and centered on our dreams but there's also i think the sentiment of trust where they're going i'll I'll hang out with you for a bit or maybe i'll do something but i'm not i'm not going to commit yet i don't know you and i don't know if i want to give more of my time and so they're not it's just this unwillingness to to commit and go yes i'm in i trust you i'll i'll, I'll see this through and yeah you know? i think trust is probably part of it but i don't think it's the main thing in mm-hmm. my opinion
0: I think the main thing is that we, we there isn't anything that says sacrifice is something that is part of following Jesus, and that commitment is part of following Jesus, and pers- perseverance is part of following Jesus. It's all presented like, hey, Jesus wants to to make you happy, and he's mm-hmm. he's there to to do, fulfill your dreams, and and if you if this is what you want, he wants you to have an excitement, and he wants you to do all this kind of stuff. But the fact of the matter is that following Jesus is going against the culture. It really is counterculture. You know, a lot of people talk about being radical and countercultural and all, and all that kind of stuff, but mm-hmm. actually an authentic follower of Jesus is the most uh, countercultural person you can be because he's actually walking up the stream of, of what the world says. Is, is right. Ra- a, it's a radical thing to be a follower of Jesus today. And so if Jesus is, is presented in this soft way, then people are not going to commit. They're not going to understand that there's there's a. Uh, it's not about uh, I do this for a time and and then when it gets difficult or I get bored, then I go and do something else. So I think that's uh, maybe trust is there, but I yeah. Well, I don't if know if that's the like main this, thing.
2: Think about it like this. because I totally agree with what you're saying. I think that maybe even in relation to Jesus to like to the calling. There's a there's an aspect of people. Taking, often taking a long time into the subject process to go, I'm, I'm all in here. I trust Jesus. I trust the calling He's got in my life. And so, you know, we always trust something, right? We always go after something. So instead of going, I, I believe the words I read in the Bible, I believe um, the calling of God in my life, and I'm going to completely surrender, it kind of going, well, you know, it's nice. I'm part of this thing. I go to church. I'm part of this culture. But I'm really more committed to enjoying my life or my dreams but or I th- things like again, that. But again,
0: I think that's because of the way Jesus is presented. And so mm. Jesus isn't someone that I try, He's someone I fall on my knees, you know, I fall on my knees and surrender and say here am I, send me, I'll do whatever right, you but want. But
1: it's it's also I think the the sort of the blind spot of the syncretism between what the world values and what Jesus says and not really knowing mixing the two and mm-hmm. not realizing how much we're being led by the spirit of the age and well, how it's kind
0: of like what Greg Boyd was talking. Yeah. About.
1: And we were, we're, we're allowing it to, you know, Paul talks about that. Don't be conformed to the patterns of this world. There is this pressure being applied to you. And I think the problem is most Christians of all ages, but young people are probably not as aware of how much they're being influenced by the world as they should be. There should be a healthier skepticism, of what everybody else is doing. I mean, again, to, to reference Greg Boyd, he talked about mm-hmm. I've had this natural, healthy skepticism. I don't know if enough people have that, or at least right. enough of an honest self-examination to realize what is behind my longings and my the, the the guiding the sort of invisible guiding principles of my life. I mean, I mean, you can do all sorts of studies online, but they talk about uh, the the idea that those between the age of twenty five and twenty nine, eighty seven percent of them quit within five years. Right, right I mean it's like there uh, any job that they enter into right. and, and and there is a sort of a built-in concept now that it's almost as if autonomy is a means to an end. Mm-hmm. It's not like my freedom allows me to choose something to commit to. Mm-hmm. My freedom is something that I worship on its own. Right. I'm free it's an to end be free. In itself, right. right. I'm free to be free. Mm-hmm. And so because of that there's this sense that why would I commit to anything? Mm-hmm. In fact when freedom is the thing being praised then what you're going to continue to be after is freedom, not the freedom to commit to something worthy. And then, unfortunately,
2: the whole mission world gets put in that category as exactly. well. Where, where exactly. Often there'll be people that go after it because they think that's a way to be free and autonomous. So, right, right. It, you know, it, it, I want to leave my job right. so I can go and traveling. do something for Jesus, but really it's like they want to be traveling and free. And then so then when they come into a context and you say, hey, commit just like you would to any career or job. Well,
0: I going, would say the commitment's greater. Well, of course, yeah. yeah.
1: It is, but I think, you, I think that is what it is, is that, um, again, it's sort of not... It's it's not being clear minded about what is driving you, and so mm-hmm. then you even, in an odd sense, you you come into missions thinking this may be what I'm looking for, but then when a mission demands things of you, it says no, we have accountability, we have structure, we have hours, we we want to see that you're you're working hard and getting To get it, a job done to, to take get it seriously. To, to take it yeah. seriously, then there's yeah. the sense of, and then we almost romanticize the alternative Mm -hmm. you know and often because we work with with younger people some of which many of which have never really experienced what the real world because the real world still functions in a way that demands be on time Mm -hmm. right but don't care about your dreams do Mm -hmm. your job or you're Mm -hmm. not going to get paid and so there's almost even though i think the same driving heart is there which is why people are quitting jobs all the time there's still in the in the real world there's still a lack of like concern for your you know how that how you feel about it mm-hmm. but in the missions world it's almost like we're we're forced to kind of massage that a bit more and co- conform to that a little bit more mm-hmm.
0: but you know the the truth is when you become fully alive and released is when you are committed that's the lie you know that don't be committed then you'll be free but actually that's the it does the opposite mm-hmm. and people i know who have taken that path end up old men or old women full of regrets because real fulfillment comes by committing yourself by, right. by, by saying, you know, nothing extraordinary will ever happen in your, in your life without commitment Right. and extraordinary and extraordinary things come by extraordinary commitment. I mean, it's true with you, you look at an athlete or you look at someone who's successful in business Um the spiritual life is no different. In fact, all of that is just a shadow of the spiritual life. And so the, t- the way you are really fulfilled and set free and all of those things we desire comes by hearing God's voice and committing yourself.
2: Yeah, yeah. Maybe there's even an aspect of um, because of the mindset and the worldview we're in, and like you were saying, we've, you know, if we conform to the world around us, then we, we, we're losing our understanding of certain words like commitment. Like, we don't even understand it anymore. So, like what David's saying, you know, if you commit, you, you find true freedom. Um, and yet, it feels like some people don't even know how to do that. Like, they've never been taught. They don't get... The, the worldview that, that we're in doesn't allow... Doesn't give you a reason to commit. Sure. You know, whereas if you understand... Um, a biblical world where you understand what G, who Jesus is and what he sets and why you would sacrifice yourself for each other as he did for us. You know, it, it gives you that ground to stand on where you say, okay, I, I want to do this because Jesus has shown me this is the right thing to do, the good thing to do. When, you, when you're in a reality where there's no moral compass, there's no thing saying this is the right thing or this is what's best, this is a good thing to do, then you don't have a reason anymore to go through hardship to discover that that brings you true freedom and true life, because you 're like, Well, why should I you know i 'll just do whatever 's easy like, mm-hmm. there 's nobody nobody needs to tell me what 's right or wrong, so you lose that sense of commitment, you lose even taking it to more a relationship side, you lose that sense of what is love what 's real love what 's real commitment to a person yeah, absolutely,
1: and again, I think it 's a little bit where so much of our hearts' motives are are unexamined, and we don 't really understand we can constantly find a reason why we think what we are bailing from is to do with the thing we're bailing from when we never really realize like i said that what we worship is freedom itself mm. and what we fear is commitment itself you know because i often find myself saying to someone who's at a crossroads and and they're you know i see that they're wanting to to jump ship and my response to them is look don't commit to this if you don't feel led to commit to this but Find something to commit to. right? Like that's, exactly. I don't care if it's this or something else. Like I always, my desire is always to see someone go in strength in which mm-hmm. they say, you know what? I feel like God is calling me to give myself to X. Right. right. And that I can't argue with that. I mean, you know, cause then you're starting to interpret, you know, there's wisdom and a role of leadership and all that. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, I hate to lose you, but go do that. Right. It's, it's kind of this, but more often than not, I feel like I see people just, they just seem to be jumping ship because it's time to do that. Right. And I have people in my life who they have nothing they're going to no. They're just purely arbitrarily ending a commitment because that's what they should be entitled to do. Mm -hmm. And there's even this sense of like, you know, this is another thing along this subject line I encounter, which is this built in sense that I get to reevaluate my commitment every six months. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, of course that's an arbitrary time limit, but Mm -hmm. it's more or less this idea that, okay, well, this is great, mm-hmm. but eventually i 'll get to a point where I get to kind of put it all back on the table get bored well, I get bored <laughs> well, or I, I get bored or I just I have an built in entitlement to reevaluate
2: and bail if I feel like it yeah. it 's sounds like we was so confused because sometimes i 've come across where you can tell somebody 's like if they stop and think about it, something amazing is happening. If they look at it with eyes of faith, and they see, wow, this is a I'm some part of something amazing, yeah. something awesome's happening. And how, most of the time, you'll talk to me, go, how's how's it going? Wow, this is amazing. And then they'll come this moment when they're like tired or or whatever, or something hard's happened, and they'll be like, yeah, I don't think we should do this anymore. I don't think I should do this anymore. I should move on. Or I don't think we should do this project anymore because is it really worth it? It's tiring. Mm-hmm. It's so much work. And you're going it's it's so conf- people are so confused they're like you're not even seeing it for what it is you're not realizing how amazing and awesome this is and often you only realize down the line you go like oh when you look back you go why did i leave that why did i drop out of that project or that
1: yeah and it's 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 tragic because i you know as i wrote in my article you are you are not going to have a life that produces fruit without commitment and then on the flip side of that all these you know great missions organizations and and really, lots of types of organizations that are desperate for people that are going to give their lives to it are being robbed of people that are called to do that. Mm-hmm. And so you have this this sad thing on both ends. And then I don't know if you guys feel this. And I'm not. This is about name and names. But then right. I feel like there's this pressure on missions to conform to that mm-hmm. and to kind of lower the bar. Right. And 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 to kind of make things easier to to so that they won't lose. Yeah. people and they instead can kind of, cl- uh, you know, cater to
2: it. Well, that that's exactly what I've seen happen. Like, when you go, I'll, I often end up in like conferences or meetings right. with other missions and stuff. And that's a hot topic right now. They're going, oh, how do we get millennials into mission? And our mission, oh, really? Like, it's really funny. They'll I go can, like, I'm sure, they'll yeah. say, how, how do you get, millenn- you know, how do we get millennials into missions? And they'll ask each other, how many, you know, do you have many millennials in your mission? And when it comes <laughs> to me, I'm like, everybody in our mission is a millennial. <laughs> you <know>? including me. <laughs> right, including me. So... They're going, like, And then often the solutions they come up with are thinking, how do we entertain? How do we draw them and make it fun for them so they want to come in? And I, I like uh, David's perspective on that because yeah, I mean, I mean, he's often challenged that.
0: I mean, I think that what everyone wants is something to give their life for, literally. Correct. And we were, we're, not, we're called for the battle. We're not called to just hang out by the pool. And I, I think that, that my experience is the, that hard, authentic challenge it needs to be from from god and for you know and, and the holy spirit needs to be in it but i think people want that i yeah. know that's what i want you know i right yeah and i think i think it's no different with this with millennials they want something worth giving their life for mm. and so so i don't present this kind of easy surfing jesus you know I present a Jesus that demands your life, mm. yeah. because that 's the real jesus, but that 's when that 's when you 're free that 's yeah. when you 're alive you know that 's when all the all the the gifts that that are that God has put in you become realized that 's when you it 's amazing what happens and you are not afraid to commit to something you
1: want to be called to something bigger I absolutely mean, I think everyone maybe not everyone 's an you know had an athletic background, but who didn't want that coach that was like Demanded something out of you that that did not tolerate your laziness or your lack of belief in a greater thing and and really drew out Mm. something better. Right, Right. It was hard, but you, I mean, if you don't want that, then maybe this conversation ain't for you. But I think most people, they don't want to coast. No. And, and, and it's kind of this vicious cycle
2: where it's, it's catered to them. There's no expectation, so they don't have any. And mm-hmm. then it just kind of continues on this and cycle. And that, that is what we found. I mean, talking from from the experience of like seeing, for instance, David speak a message like that in a church or in a in a group and a response and in general as a mission. Um, what we've seen is the more you, you set that, that challenge and you go, who wants to come all in or nothing? This is going to be hard. Let's sacrifice yeah. for it. That It creates this this dynamic, um, passionate desire—it's because people are discovering well, what it means to really follow Jesus, they right? Like, but yes. also,
0: yeah, not just in in a Christian setting, in in radical non-Christian places. Mm-hmm. The first, the usually the first people to respond are the most hardcore, radical guys at the show. They're the first ones right. to come out, to come forward and say, "I want this." Yeah, you know, it's like when we played for this this anarchist in Germany and uh at his birthday party and he organized uh riots against the police in in london and he had some friends who died from illegal tear gas that was used on uh you know in one of the riots that he started so this guy was a political anarchist and he he asked us to play at his at his birthday party and there's these teepees there and all these crazy guys there and 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 so we presented this this jesus you know, and this is not a. This was not a a, a token radical guy because of you know what I mean. Because mm-hmm. he this wore, thing, like had tattoos. And, yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> or, yeah, ex- you know. exactly. This Which guy, you can be
1: radical and have tattoos. I, yeah, but it's not necessarily. It's not, not, con-
0: it's not connected. It's just, but, <laughs> but this guy really was, yeah. and uh, afterwards, he literally fell into my arms and wept because he he thought man this Jesus he 's so radical mm-hmm. you know i, I don 't know if I can follow this Jesus. He was blown away, mm-hmm. and he was so attracted to to what happened that he actually came with his girlfriend to visit Jody and I, my wife and I in New Zealand, to right. spend time with us
1: yeah and again you're you 're talking about the uh, having an accurate picture of who God is, having a revelation of what it costs to follow jesus but i I think we're we 're maybe talking about a little bit more about some of the the barriers in, in, in for this particular to, to make group that of commi- young people to make that commitment. Because you even see, yeah, there's, of course, examples in the Bible of right. uh, Jesus walking by the sea and saying, come follow me. And, you know, they do. Right, but right. then there's the other example where Jesus says, you know, people come up to Jesus and say, follow me. And and, and he says, okay, come, let's do it. But they say, oh, I got to go bury my dad. Or I got to, right, right. you know, I got to do this. I got to do that. Let me, you know, right. let me go home first. So I think there's always been people who have resisted that call Uh, And I think there's a lot of the heart reasons behind it are the same, but there's just, it just kind of manifests itself differently in a different time with a different group of people. So this isn't necessarily millennial bashing in the conventional sense, as much as it's a call to say, these are unique strategies of the enemy in your own flesh to prevent you from following that call. Be aware of them. Resist those. Stand firm and don't buy the lie because there are people I know who, who had all these callings on their lives, yep, all these yep. opportunities, all these leaders probably in their lives saying, follow this, please. Yep. This is what you're supposed to do. And they said, no. they said, no, they said, no, they said, no. And and they they wake up, they're 40, 50, 60, and they're going, what did I do? Exactly. What yeah. did I do? And so yeah. to segue, I mean, one of the other kind of- So mega, if
0: you're listening to this, don't let it happen Yeah, don't to let you, it right? happen.
1: And one of the mega themes that I was talking about, but we've talked about it a lot in this one, so I figured I might as well just embed it here as well, which is this barrier of- if it's hard, it can't be good. You know, this, because mm-hmm. we've talked about right, that right. a lot in this. Like, and I think one of the saddest reasons to not live an extraordinary life is the simple desire to want to live an easy, comfortable life and perhaps just be lazy. Mm-hmm. And we don't talk mm-hmm. about that as, as kind of these really bad, sad, sinful things, but things like laziness and mm-hmm. wanting a comfortable life, mm-hmm. Jesus describes as sinful. Mm -hmm. Do you see this as another kind of part of this package that's maybe not necessarily unique here, but definitely part of why many young people aren't entering into this type of life?
2: Yeah, I mean, probably they you'd probably never say it. Like you'd never recognize that. Would I mean, you? you'd say, oh, oh, I'm not getting in because I'm lazy. You know, yeah, but don't I, I see that don't you,
0: I mean, don't you think Luke's lazy? <laughs> well,
1: Luke is lazy for sure. I mean, this <laughs> well, was very I passive mean, attempt to bring this. Up. Did,
2: I mean, we almost had to drag him up here to the studio. I know. I didn't want to do this today. It's just you know, yeah. I was just I wanted to lie in bed and just I was tired. But yeah. you know, you guys motivated me and I came. And you're here, see? here yeah. we yeah. are. So here there we go. So okay. carry carry on. But carry on. I, I think my point was often people don't. You're not going to have somebody saying, "Oh, I'd like to do this, but um, I'm lazy." And I, you know, I I think I think usually you're drawn to that false um, concept of um, pleasure and joy and satisfaction. We're we're too. I like that C.S. Lewis quote where he says, "We're too easily pleased." We're too easily pleased. You know, so we'll look at stuff that's. If you really think about it, it's just so, like empty or small or temporary and we'll make those things really important Mm -hmm. and we'll miss out on stuff because oh you know i'd love to go to this i don't know prayer meeting or something but it's this is series i want to watch back home and today i'm just going to go do that and you just you're not seeing things in the right perspective and you miss out because you you lose that perspective you know
1: well it's i think it's also recognizing that there are far worse things in life than being tired right you know there was a a a guy that used to come speak to us when i was younger and you know he talked about how he just could not tolerate young people saying that they were tired that when you're young you should be tired yeah and that being bored and having no purpose is a far greater enemy than being tired Mm -hmm. and sometimes i think it's a it's just it it can be a mental shift Mm -hmm. to say that that i I challenge is good, hard right. things are good, being yeah. tired is okay, and it's not buying into this kind of spirit of, oh, well, I need rest, and yeah, there's balance and all that kind yeah, of but stuff. Yeah,
0: but I, I mean, we don't get on that now, but I don't think following Jesus is balanced at all. I mean, if you look at Paul, and he talked about <laughs> yeah. what made him an apostle, it wasn't exactly balanced, so... Yeah. I think it's not balanced, yeah. but being balanced is pretty boring, and that's why when you do take it easy, that's why you have to numb yourself with with uh, social media and alcohol and and drugs and party pills because it's not fulfilling.
1: Well, and it's I think it's you know it's a general spirit that things should be instant, that things should be easy, that things should be pleasurable, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we have our whole entertainment and technology world is feeding into that yeah. to the point where people are choosing you know, virtual over reality now right. because this, it, it can offer all those things. You don't have to leave your house. There's no work involved. You can be who you want to be. You can bail and disconnect when you want to disconnect. Yeah. You see this in relationships. You see it inf- affecting everything. Um, and so, of course, given that we're living in this, you know, if this is the sewer we're living in, it's going to be hard to be clean. So it, when the when the young person of today is growing up in a world that says, don't commit yourself to anything. Rank yourself out for short seasons, but then you're autonomous. Where freedom is the goal of an, an end to itself. When we are told that everything should be instant, easy, and pleasurable, hmm. what do we do? What, what, how does a person resist this just ocean of, of influence that's coming at them all the time? How, what do we do to combat this?
2: Break free, break free. You know, be a rebel. You We've gotta, gotta preach the message, preach I, the truth. I, you know,
0: I think you need an encounter. Yeah, uh, you need an encounter with with Jesus. You know, I, not not an academic understanding or something. It it's, it has to be revelation. Yeah, and it changed for me when I was desperate, when I really started to seek God that way, not not in a religious way, um, and I had that encounter with Him, and He. I had this, this uh, charismatic encounter with God where he, he, he really changed me. I mean, I, I all of a sudden knew, even though I was just starting out, I didn't know where I was going, but I knew that God had called me for a mission. And I, and I understood that my life was not just about pleasure, was not just about trying to, to see adventure, but he had called me for something significant, and there was something I was supposed to give my life to yeah and so I would suggest that if you're listening to this that you need to have an and you're not you're going what do I do? I would say start to start to cry out to Jesus uh, until he you have this kind of encounter with him and and when you do then say where okay, where have you called me Where do you want me to give my life yeah. and if you say that with an honest heart, he will direct you and he will lead you to that place
2: yeah and then commit to it. Commit yep. to
1: it yeah, I do think there is an element, a couple of practical things I mean Paul says you resist conforming to the patterns patterns of this world by renewing your mind, yeah, and so what are we putting into our minds? where mm-hmm. are in what are exactly. our influences right? I think you you cannot survive in this age without a strategy on no. how to regulate, minimize, reduce the amount of nonsense and things you 're putting into your mind all the time and this yeah, is something that i right. 'm desperately praying right. through how do you survive in this era where you're i mean if you compare the source of information you're getting from let's say the bible compared to all the other nonsense you're viewing all day long how do you how does your worldview compete mm-hmm. and so i think it's it's being conscious of your mind and what you're thinking being being um Un, not being unintentional about what you're thinking and what gu- what's guiding your life, being honest yeah. and saying, what are my guiding? What is that hunger that I have? I often do that. What is driving me to do what I do? That'll re- reveal a lot, I think, about whether that's, are you responding to that revelation of who Jesus is, what he's called you to, and is that informing your life? Or is it really... These other things, this this idolatry of freedom or pleasure or, or the fun life or your dream or your adventure. So living consciously. And then I would say you've got to surround yourself with people that are pushing you towards Jesus and a
2: radical life, yeah. not trying to pull you away from it. Yeah. That's right. I think, That's think right. you're describing discipleship as well. I mean, like at the first... And most important aspect is that encounter with Jesus and that relationship, ongoing relationship with Him. And a lot of the things you're describing, in thinking of our audience, that, um, I expect majority, you know, Christians, I hope most have had a moment where they've understood Jesus and they've chosen to follow Him, had that encounter. But But if you don't keep seeking Him in the way, You know, David was describing, if you don't keep pursuing that relationship and those steps you're describing, Ben, then you don't grow in your faith. You're not being a disciple. You're not, um, you know, feeding yourself and and learning and growing. Being a Christian isn't something that happens, bang, now, today, and then you're good for life. You you keep seeking Him. You keep going after Him and following after Him. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, again, this... You know, my heart in the, this blog series, my heart in these podcasts, is not just to have a clickbait millennial bashing sort of thing. Because I, first of all, I am one. Second of all, I have a heart because these are people I am working with all the time. These are people I have seen succeed, and sadly, these are th- people I've seen fail. And and these are these are barriers derived from a sad life experience with this stuff, mm. where where I've I've seen people called by God to do extraordinary things who, for these reasons, have not stayed on that path. And so I I, I want to do what I can to start the conversation to provoke, inspire young people to not buy into the spirit of our age and to give their lives. Because again, as Jesus said, when you lose your life, you find it. It takes consistent, steady obedience in the same direction over decades. Yeah. Not days, not months, not six months, but decades. Right i mean that i think that is just a true principle and i'm a decade in and my heart is that i would be four decades in and still kind of live in this narrow path that god has called for me um and i know i will make mistakes along the way but that is our heart in this this podcast series so hopefully it's encouraged you um write to us on our social media go to provoke and inspire at come and com. the email address um, and bug us personally, <laughs> uh, we want to support you in this. If you feel challenged, there are many ways you can be involved but with us. It's the Steiger mission school, steiger.org SMS. Look at that page. See what that is. It's a 10 week school that will challenge you to live this kind of life that will give you the space to seek God, to have that radical encounter, to be around people that are going to be pushing you in this direction. And, and certainly with us, it's, it's the right way to start. Uh, and so thank you for listening. Uh, and we will talk to you next time.
2: Bye. Toodaloo. Thanks for listening to Provoke and Inspire,
1: the official Come and Live podcast. To hear past podcasts, go to comeandlive.com. Got a question for the guys? Send it in to Provoke and Inspire at comeandlive.com.